second only to money as the single most important word in Hollywood. And here in L.A., where life and art are often the same thing, there's a real-life drama that rivals any action movie with a plot that includes all the elements of classic film noir. A mystery featuring an assassin a femme fatale, a Hollywood star, and a stuntman who takes the fall. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah! Hell yeah! Quick, quick, quick. Hey, Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no playing here. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Switch FM, Chris Duncan, Ben Craw, Brandon Lissy, back with another bonus episode in the Swish FM Rewatchables. Is it a bonus, there. really, or is it just a the, continuation uh, of, yeah, it's a, a, of a journey the Swish that FM we're all on subscribers. together? A, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for the Patreon. Yeah, this is it's obviously a, Patreon only. Yeah, this um, is for all our Patreons. As soon as we, we set that up, guys. we we're appreciate gonna, you guys. Yeah, we're going to retroactively yeah, Patreon this just, one once we get that yeah. all sorted out. It just continues. Guys, I am thrilled about tonight's guest. He's a a writer, a producer, a voiceover artist. He is the creative genius behind the unauthorized audiobook of Motley Crue's The Dirt, a 16-hour wow. completely legal, self-produced <laughs> recording of Motley Crue's autobiography that spanned the course of two years. Release the audiobook. The Dirt. Motley Crue. Confessions of the world's most notorious rock band. Tommy Lee, Mick Mars, Vince Neil, and Nikki Six, with Neil Strauss. He's an unabashed, with honors, super fan, Ben Whammy. Welcome to the show, Christian Lynch, a.k.a. Cousin Christian. Christian, it's wow. a pleasure, uh, and, and it's really uh, an honor to have you with us. Thank you for yeah, some uh, hearing with I'm honors. with honor to be here. <laughs> uh, yes, no, this has been uh, really a delight to finally have that audiobook that I spent two and a half years of my life doing, only to panic in a daze when I got to the end of the book and realized the only thing I learned about Motley Crue is that they will sue me. <laughs> <laughs> and I basically, you know, put it into a desk drawer and um, it's there. I, I was going to say, we it's didn't call Dropbox. We love it. You email us. We'll get you a link. Maybe I put them on Used flash to... drives that were shaped like a guitar. That's how wow. professional I was. Anyways, wow. I wasted time. Huge with honors fans. So excited. To be here. Wow. Um, yeah. Welcome, welcome, Christian. Um, we call him cousin Christian because he is, in fact, my real life cousin. This is a um, yeah. This is a story about family. Uh, this is a story about loyalty and and dedication. Um, and um, yeah, I couldn't be more with honor to have you here with us, Chris. This is a, a long time coming. 
And, um, you know, much like, uh, I don't, I don't know if we fully realized the power uh, of this film before we embarked on this endeavor. Um, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a testament to the film that it was yeah. so potent and magical <laughs> even that it literally compelled us to, to bring our family, uh, to grow our family and to bring my family closer and tighter, um, so I think it's all too appropriate that um, that with honors uh, is is the reason that that Christian has has made his de- debut on the pod here. It gave Much me likes, a yeah. reason to text my family at three in the morning about with honors. I'm, <laughs> like, oh, you know, it's like midnight my time. I'm gonna start texting Ben. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. it's three a.m. And I'm sure your family, Christian, your wife, your lovely wife Megan, and your children appreciated that um, as well. Um, yeah. So it's really. Yeah, we we are extending the you know the with honors to as much family as we can really. And as we know, Simon Wilder only had one thing, did one thing that he regretted in his life. Yep, was <laughs> his family. So, <laughs> well, he was survived by his family, sure. and by his yes, family, by, of course, we family, mean Jeff, four yeah, random four Harvard family. students, yeah. not the actual family that he abandoned when his son was That's an infant. Great. Um, Right, well, let's cut to the chase. Yeah. Why are, why are we still, we why are we still the bush. talking yeah. about um, this film? The reason we are here tonight, the, we, the reason we brought Christian into the fold uh, is because Christian brought the subject of Claudia Haro to us mm-hmm. and sort of broke our collective brain, uh, informing us, telling us that Joe Pesci's ex-wife Claudia O'Hara, who's in the film with honor, she played the part of Marty, I believe her character. Yes, Marty, Marty the woman a name who he uh, leaves with at the party. Right? Yes, Just a, a name never actually scenario where an old. <laughs> bum in a smoking yeah, jacket yeah, yeah. just hooks up with a French a student. 60 year old terminally ill bum Listen. shows up at the party and leaves with some arm candy. To drive free, to love free, to court destruction with taunts, to feed the remainder of life with one hour of fullness and freedom. One brief hour of madness and joy. Would you like to dance? I maybe you shouldn't. Let's not go overboard with this staying alive junk. Yes, I would. Just a minute. You spit some Whitman bars at just the right time at a party, mm-hmm. and that's you never gonna, know what you might pull. You never that's know. Do the job. Yeah. So Christian told us that Claudia Haro, Joe Pesci's ex-wife, who's in the film with honors, um, later divorced. You know, divorced Joe Pesci. She remar- she remarried this guy named. Garrett. Garrett Warren. I'll just cut right Yeah, in. I'm going to go ahead and stop you, Chris. I don't think we need to... You don't need to lay any groundwork or context here. I, w- I want to I wanna let uh, let Cousin Christian take over. He is the expert here. And, um, in fact, I did no research or prep whatsoever for this podcast. I'm because, really leaning on him, too. Yeah, I, I did not want to get in anyone's way here. So uh, I, I just wanted to welcome everyone officially to the Swish FM Claudia Harrow Spectacular uh, brought to you by the Warner Brothers film with honors. Yes. All right. um, yeah, no, this this came to my attention because it turns out when you start listening to an eight-hour podcast about with honors, uh, yep. that really encourages you to start Googling everything about with honors. The yep. Google algorithm basically just starts feeding you information that you didn't even know you needed. So, like, early yep. on, or like, yep. you know, does, did you know that Joe Pesci was in Gone Fishing? I'm like, of course I did Google. Oh, yes. 
Yeah. Yep. Like, did you know that Joe Pesci may have hired a uh, hitman uh, with Claudia Harrow, who appeared in With Honors? I said, excuse me? Let's take what a moment that? to, uh, and I feel like I haven't heard this in the pod. Um, yeah. But yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, Claudia Harrow is a actress who only appeared in five films. She's only appeared in five films. Mm. Those films are Jimmy Hollywood, 1994, With Honors, 1994, New Nightmare, 1994, Casino, 1995, and Gone Fishing, 1996. Yeah. Now, four of those have Joe Pesci. <laughs> so. I do want to say, though, it's a little dismissive to say only appeared in five films. That's a very yeah, good point. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. give it up for Claudia. I mean, Euro. she clearly had yeah. very high five standards. Credit very, credit very, is due here. very yeah. discerning taste. Um, yeah. uh, and, those are all know, great she only, films. She only picked winners, folks. been a part of them. Yep. That's yeah. five yeah. for five in my book. So, uh, as I understand, What's kind of strange about this story is that technically Joe Pesci marries Claudia Harrow in 1988, and they get divorced in 1992. Yep. Uh, and yet they're all in these movies together from 94 to 96. So yeah, I don't really know. They must have had a pretty cool relationship that they were like, yeah, we're not meant we, to be we married. We support divorce on the pod. I yeah, mean, mm-hmm. you, know. you know. Yeah, we don't divorce shame. shame. Yeah. Things did you change. come across this detail that she was living in his guest house? Yes, I did, huh. uh, Chris. So it seems, it seems okay. like, yeah, to, to your point here, it seems like they yes. were on yes, good they did. terms. They were on good terms after the divorce. They were. Which we recommend. Yeah, if you're going to be on good terms, be on good terms with we. Joe Pesci. Seems like a man who would fly off the handle. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> what do you mean I'm funny? <laughs> it's, it's funny, you know. It's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> what do you mean? You mean the way I talk? What? It's just, you know, you, it's, you're just funny. It's, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? Tommy, no, you got it all wrong. Oh, oh Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? Right. Funny how? What? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. <laughs> you mean, so? let me understand this, because I don't, you know, maybe it's me, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I'm not just, you know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get the fuck out of here, Tommy. <laughs> you motherfucker. I almost had him. I almost had him. <laughs> you stuttering prick yet? Frankie, was he shaking? <laughs> You sometimes, Henry. You may fold under questioning. Get divorced, be on good terms. That's the way we do it. Should we back up and give a little backstory? Because I, I don't, I'm not very familiar. Like, I do you want to go talk about Joe, the beginning of the film, or? Well, you know, there's there's a couple <laughs> lines of dialogue that we did miss in the previous uh, seven parts. But no, like, so Joe Pesci obviously famous for playing a gangster um, in movies, but. But I guess he actually had some ties to the real criminal, you know, real real world criminal underworld. Let the man cook. We haven't even gotten to the murder yet. I better. We better just start saying yeah. allegedly a lot at this point. Allegedly, oh, yeah. yes. Allegedly. I think I said may have. Did I say yeah, may have? Allegedly, yeah. allegedly. Yeah. allegedly Appar- apparently, allegedly had yes. 
Yeah. yeah. So Claudia Harrow is in this movie. For anyone that doesn't remember, uh, if you have not <laughs> followed the every minute of this podcast, Claudia Harrow's appearance in this film happens during the pajama party sequence, <clears throat> in which um, Simon tries to convince Monty to finally make a move with uh, Courtney, and yes. he basically, in order to convince Monty, drops a giant uh, a tome by Mr. Walt Whitman. Uh, mm-hmm. In which he says, you know, uh, he he says to, uh, what are you waiting for? To to drive free, to love free, to court destruction with taunts, to feed the remainder of your life with one hour of fullness and freedom, one brief hour of madness and joy, boy oh boy. He doesn't say boy oh boy there, but imagine if he did. We, oh man, how did they miss that opportunity? No, that was not Joe Pesci. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was actually yeah, still Christian. Pants back on. Yeah, mm-hmm. guys. yeah. It's so not that, pet. We didn't get Pesci. We no, didn't say no. he's a voice actor, folks. Yeah. Yep. And so at that point, Claudia Harrow's character, a young college student who's just nearby, hears this and immediately wants to dance with uh, Simon. And Perhaps more does. than that. And that's basically yeah. the extent of the relationship. She says, what's your name? Marty. Never see her again. So, oh, does okay. she actually say her name? In yeah, the... Marty, which is also a lot of... Uh, this unpacks the whole Monty, Monty Marty, Monty, Marty, oh, Marty, yeah. Marty. Marty, not a very common name for a, for a woman. Um, cool name. Cool name. Definitely a very cool name. Um, okay, so this is, this is like the, the setup. They, they had been married. They've gotten divorced. Claudia's living in the guest house. Eventually, she uh, marries another man named Garrett Warren. Claudia's good friend, Julie Ariscog, remembers when Claudia and Garrett first got together. One day she says to you, I met this guy. Yes, and she was very excited. I was always a big fan of Garrett's. He was sweet, he was funny, and she just seemed so happy with him. And, you know, I, I should say, actually, Joe and I both were very supportive. By Joe, she is referring to Claudia's ex-husband, a character actor who became a star by playing mafia tough guys, Joe Pesci. It sounds like her marriage to Joe Pesci didn't end badly. Not at all. Not at all. They're like family. You know, they're very, very close. Claudia stayed close to Joe Pesci even after she started dating Garrett, who came from a different part of the movie business. Garrett loved action and adventure, but when he met Claudia... He was ready to settle down. He's gone on to do a lot of huge movies like Avatar, uh, Mission Impossible 3, Iron Man 2, Spider-Man 2, Lincoln. I can't listen to this anymore. I can't accomplish a goddamn thing of any human meaning or worth until we cure ourselves of slavery and end this pestilential war. And whether any of you or anyone else knows it, I know I need this. This amendment is that cure. We're stepped out upon the world stage now. Now! With the fate of human dignity in our hands. Blood's been spilt to afford us this moment. Now! Now, now! A little action-packed thriller. Top <laughs> of his game. Yeah. Lincoln, known yeah. stunt-heavy film. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, Yeah, all those Abe Lincoln stunts. He was the, he was the double. No, no! Sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> they get married, and from 98 to 2000, Claudia Harrow is now married to uh, Garrett Warren. And apparently they get divorced, and it's kind of an ugly dispute, custody battle. Uh, everyone here is probably wondering what the hell this has to do with, with honors. 
absolutely everything. Has yeah. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything to do with it? <laughs> stupid, a stupid question. Fabric yeah, this, you're, uh, this all comes back, baby. It all comes back. Um, so they have a, a, a dispute, and it's kind of ugly. And I learned all of this <laughs> through interactive cable. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's how I learned all this, just so we're aware. Monty There's Wink, so many right? things right at your fingertips. You can scroll with that remote. technology, folks. Yeah. So in May... You're uh, a remote away from learning everything you want to know. So in mm-hmm. 2000, I'll try to be quick about it, uh, Garrett Warren is at his house. He opens the door. There's a, a knocking at his door. He doesn't know what's going on. He's with his mom. And his kid sleeping in the other room, and it's some person at the door he doesn't know is like rapping on the door, being like, "Hey, there's something going on with this car." Opens the door, and this person ends up shooting him four times. Joining me right now and taking your calls, he survived a hit. He opens the door to a hail of bullets. With me right now, Garrett Warren. Garrett, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me on. Garrett, we've heard a lot about your story, and you've basically seen it all. You are a stuntman there in Hollywood. You've done it all. You've been in a ton of high-profile movies. We've all seen you, but this was the real deal. Tell us what happened. Uh, Well, you guys just pretty much put it in a nutshell just then. You know, it was that night, um, just put my daughter to sleep. Um, Heard the doorbell ring like about six or seven times, really fast and frantic. Um... I went out there, and he did the whole, you know, that you know, silver car in, your, in the driveway, and eventually I finally opened the door, and, um, you know, he put four bullets into me, uh, laying on the ground there. My mom tried to stop the bleeding. I called 911. They got there and, uh, you know, uh, did a great job, and Sheriff's Department uh, got there and asked me, you know, who did it and all that other stuff. Jesus. Point, point blank. In the head, too. In right? the head. In the head, he's what dead. The but fuck? he survives. He survives. Lost his eye, right? Like survives eye. four bullets to the head. No, uh, only all the only head, one but... to the head. I believe the rest okay. were body. The eye one. Yeah. Either way. Wow. Crazy. He survives. Wait, um, sorry. You 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 said uh, you mentioned that the he had a child in the house. Was that the child of him and Claudia, or from a previous yes. relationship? My understanding as the foremost expert on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's the child wow. Him and Claudia's yeah. yeah. child in the house. Uh, so cops investigate this. You know, they ask Claudia if she has anything or any knowledge of what happened. And the cops actually clear her. That they're it's like, my favorite part. She doesn't yeah. have anything to do with it. Did mommy order a hit on daddy? You have seen Garrett Warren many, many times in blockbuster movies. And he is with us now taking your calls. Garrett, when did it dawn on you? that you're the mother of your child may have been involved in the shooting. You know, the, the moment I was being pulled out of the house is when I, I had suspicions. Why? You know, there wasn't anybody else in my life that, that had any kind of motive other than uh, her. And that was all about custody? You know, custody and also, you know, um, you know the fact of uh, the divorce was a very heated divorce as well. Well, you know, most of them are, uh, Mr. Warren, but most of them don't end in mommy taking out a hit on daddy. Hmm. She had a motive because, like, the... Call me crazy, but I believe her. So everybody believes her. (laughs) 
You so, know? Cra- so here's where the crazy part comes in. I swear to God, Joe Pesci and maybe with honors are involved. <laughs> maybe. <Wow>. Uh, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> so two years later, there is a random traffic stop in uh, outside of Los Angeles. Not even close. 90 miles away. San Bernardino. It's not close. And it's a random drug traffic stop. And while the cops are searching the car, they find an envelope hidden below a, a tire that's in the trunk. And it, the envelopes contains a picture of Garrett Warren and uh, information about like where to find him. So the cops are like... What's huh. this all about? Huh. And, they, and this was in Claudia's car. No, no, this a random is in a car. Random, a random man's car at a traffic Presumably stop. Presumably, a totally yeah. random total traffic, traffic random stop, person. and they search the car and find an envelope. It was about 18 months after Garrett was shot when detectives got that lucky break. In an unrelated case, San Bernardino police served a search warrant on a car belonging to a man named Miguel Quiroz. They were looking for drugs. But they found something else under the spare tire in Kiro's trunk. It was a photograph of Garrett Warren with a circle drawn on it and Garrett's home address, which very few people knew. So detectives showed Garrett a six-pack, a photo lineup that included a photo of Miguel Kiro's. I'm looking at the pictures and I say, by all means, that's the guy I recognize. That's the guy that shot you? Yep. No doubt in your mind? No doubt in my mind. In 2003, detectives arrested Miguel Quiroz for attempted murder. He was neither a gangbanger nor a hired gun. Instead, he owned a pizza parlor. Sheriff's detective Mark Gaiman. It seemed like he was your middle class, very nice guy that everybody in the community loved. And yet, Garrett was identifying him as the shooter. Yes. Two years yeah. later. Two years later. What? So, <laughs> so they basically are like, what's going on here? This guy clearly knows something about what what happened. So they start asking this guy questions about, you know, where, what's the connection? Uh, ostensibly on paper, there's really no connection. Eventually, they get this guy to flip. And they're like, hey, we're going to give you a plea deal if you tell us what's going on. So essentially, he spills the beans. And what happens is, is that he was hired by a mutual acquaintance a man whose name was Manuel Harrow. Mr. Kiros told you that he didn't do it, but that he was in on the planning. Right. And that he did it at the behest of his friend, Manuel Harrow. Correct. Manny Harrow was Miguel Kiros' longtime friend. They worked together in the pizza business and in the drug business. And if the last name Harrow sounds familiar, it should. Manny's sister, Claudia, is Garrett Warren's ex-wife. Prosecutor Chun says that explains Mr. Harrow's involvement. And Manuel Harrow was doing this for his sister, Claudia. Who was married to Garrett. Who was once married to Garrett, but was at the time going through a very contentious divorce. On a scale of one to 10, this was an 11. This was about custody of their daughter. This was about custody of the daughter, uh, exactly. And uh, she had a lot of antipathy that was expressed towards Garrett Warren. She said you were gonna bleed, right? Yep. Generally, when one spouse says to the other, you're going to bleed, it's a sign there are bad times to come. You're right. Prosecutors believe they were beginning to understand the outlines of the plot to kill Garrett Warren. Infuriated by a bitter custody battle, they believed Claudia Harrow had set it all in motion. Claudia Harrow's brother had hired him. They had worked together. They had kind of like had uh, you know, time together. 
<clears throat> and essentially, uh, the crazy thing is that she hired this man again because they looked at the dates on the <coughs> envelope. And the crazy thing is that were, they were not the dates of the original hit. It was Jeez. after. So it was a, <laughs> they, they went back. They were going back for him. <laughs> Finish the job. Fade in. Los Angeles County, nighttime. A police informant wears a wire as he talks to a partner in crime. I don't got to worry about you and I mean you don't got to worry about me. Yeah. You know what I'm like that? The informant, Miguel Quiroz. He's the pizza parlor owner turned small-time drug dealer. And the man found with a hit note in his car targeting Garrett Warren. Now, he was cooperating with investigators. Detectives already knew Quiroz wasn't the shooter. Quiroz told them the man who actually pulled the trigger was an old friend of his, named Jorge Hernandez. Heard here. I mean, without disrespect, as long as you don't say nothing, I don't say nothing. As part of his deal with prosecutors, Quiroz wore a body wire and approached Hernandez at a party. Quiroz said he hired Hernandez for $10,000 to kill Garrett Warren. On the tape, Hernandez makes clear that he didn't waste any of that money on transportation. I used my own car. Hernandez can be heard saying that he's sorry he didn't manage to kill Garrett Warren. I apologize, I'm not a good shot. And Hernandez made clear he was ready to try again. Just get the guns or whatever and I'll get, we'll, we'll finish it off if that's what you need. Oh my God. Yada, yada, yada. They start digging around about like how this all came about. It was very expensive. It was like a $10,000 job. So they started to go, where did you get the $10,000? And Uh-oh. the guy claims allegedly tell me. he got the money outside while standing outside of Joe Pesci's house. Now, allegedly. Oh, boy. Uh, now, here's the thing. like Joe Pesci was never charged with a crime. He is not linked to this crime. I think it's very important that I clarify that I'm not threatening Joe Pesci on this podcast, but it uh, has the Joe Pesci connection. That's Christian Lynch. Uh, <laughs> yep. Earthlink.net. We're just Absolutely. asking questions, folks. Yeah. Christian's the one who's throwing around the accusations. Yeah, I didn't yeah. say anything. Yeah. yeah. So the crazy part is that eventually Claudia ends up going to jail for 23 months and is bailed out for $1.2 million, which, That's Chris, right. you told me about this. And yeah. I don't know if that money came from Joe Pesci, but where else would that money have come from? <laughs> I thought uh, that it was, a, oh, it was open that oh, it came from Joe Pesci. Oh, like yeah, no, it did. Yeah. It did oh, come great. from Joe Pesci. Oh, thank yep. God. Yep, so yep, yep. no alleged there. It was yeah. Joe Pesci. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and apparently Joe Pesci was like at the trial. He he came to this trial. Uh, she was eventually. So wait. So so Claudia like was arrested. Distraught. Wait. So sorry. Just back up one sec. So Claudia's arrested and imprisoned for the, being involved in hit. this hit. Yeah. Like that. Right. Like she was convict, tried and convicted of. Access, accessory to a attempted murder or something. Ult- ultimately, it all came out that she actually had hired uh, uh, a hitman via via the brother. The brother basically was like, "I'll take care of it." Manuel. Investigators began by looking at how Claudia might have persuaded her brother to get involved in a murder. Detectives arrested Jorge Hernandez and Manny Harrow and charged them with attempted murder and conspiracy. When they questioned Manny. They learned about a secret of his that might explain why Manny would want Garrett Warren dead. I really didn't really talk about me getting molested until I was at least 22, probably. Manny told investigators he'd been molested as a child. And remember, Manny's sister Claudia, during her divorce from Garrett Warren, claimed that Garrett 
had molested their daughter. Those allegations were thoroughly investigated. A judge said they were unfounded. But now investigators had to consider another plot twist because of something else Manny said, that not only had he been molested, but that the only other person in the world who knew about that secret was his sister Claudia. Being that I've been through certain things in my childhood as far as like molestation, and my, sis my sister was the only one that I confided in and told her about my you know, the molestation thing that happened to me when I was younger. Had Claudia manipulated Manny by telling him only part of the story? Did she ever let you know that the judge, you know, someone independent in her child custody case had found that the allegations that she was making against Garrett were false? Did she ever tell you that? She, I never asked and she never told me. So I think she knew how to hit the nerve that he was molesting her. So I think she knew it was hitting the nerve that way because I never really talked about it. Manny said his sister's exact language was that she wanted Garrett taken out. I don't, I'm almost positive to use the word murder or kill, uh -huh. but it's like me telling you I want you to take him out. You know what that means and, and that slang means take him out, meaning kill. Manny Harrow, a small time criminal, was pointing the finger of guilt straight at his sister, an actress and mother who'd been married to Hollywood stardom and who had never had a problem with the law. It was hard to believe, except maybe for the intended victim of the murder plot, who believed Claudia was behind it from the get-go. I knew there's only one person that wanted this done to me. There was lots of paper trail that actually you can like, never trust the man well. Yeah, they they tried to connect all these like there was paper trails up the wazoo. Close up, Claudia Harrow. She once played a showgirl in a gangster movie once was married to a legendary movie gangster. Now she was accused of hiring a hitman in real life. Sheriff's detectives arrested her, but prosecutor Hoon Chun did not file charges, and Claudia was turned loose. Chun felt he needed stronger evidence. I did not think there was a fileable case at that point. But Claudia's brother Manny changed that. He took a plea deal from prosecutors and finally agreed to testify against his sister. At some point, does somebody approach you about doing something, killing somebody? Yes. Okay. My sister Claudia approached me. Claudia Harrow approached me. That made the difference. Detectives re-arrested Claudia Harrow. This time, the prosecutor charged her with two counts of attempted murder and one of conspiracy to commit murder. Claudia denied everything. Do you know who shot Garrett Warren? I don't know. Do you know why he was shot? No, I don't know. But while there was evidence enough to charge Claudia, was there enough to convict her? You got Mr. Kiros's admission. Right. And you got Mr. Harrell and Mr. Hernandez on tape. Right. But you don't have anything proving that Claudia Harrow set this in motion. We have the motive, the contentious divorce proceedings. We uh, have the timing of this because uh, what happens is that the judge finds the child abuse allegations to be false. On April 12th, I believe, of 2000, the hit occurs about a, a month and a week after that, on May 20th of 2000. Okay, but all of that's circumstantial. I agree. I agree. But soon there was more. Prosecutors said the handwriting on the hit note matched Claudia Harrow's. 
And when prosecutors compared samples of Claudia's letters to Garrett with the hit notes, they noticed the misspelling of this word, Agora, as in Agora Hills, the location of Garrett Warren's home. On the hit note found in Kiros's car and in Claudia's letters, the word is misspelled the exact same way, A-U-G-O-R-A. Claudia insisted she had never given any notes or maps to Miguel Quiroz. Did you ever give him anything on paperwork? No, not that I can think of and know. So if we had, say, someone's address written in your handwriting? I don't know. Not for me. I don't know. She claimed to know very little about what her brother Manny Harrow might have been up to. Why would your brother, who's never even met Garrett, Want him killed? I don't know. That's not. I, I, Why would he tell us that you're the one that asked him to be killed and help arrange it? I don't know. Did you ever give your brother a large amount of money? No. Any amount whatsoever? I don't think I ever had a large amount of money. As we said, every Hollywood story eventually comes back to money. If Claudia Harrow paid somebody 10 grand to ice Garrett Warren, where did she get the cash? Detectives took a good look at her other ex-husband, tough guy actor Joe Pesci. Well, didn't she also like handwrite the, the days and times where to he would not be. do the hit because yeah. the child would be there? It was something like, don't oh, do it on like Jesus. Wednesday or Saturday because that's when he has our daughter. You, you, you got it. it. You got it. And uh, clearly they didn't follow that because they did it while she was there. Uh, anyways, I, I think it's, it's uh, yeah, this Life podcast just became a dark <laughs> murder <it>. mystery. Um, <laughs> Well, we have been trying to pivot to true crime for quite a while. Yeah, wait, that's um, hot. That's a hot genre. I've heard that's a pretty Let's, good, uh, a pretty big genre these days. Is it Chris cutting the serial music or something that sounds like it? Yeah. And but welcome of, of all the to... shocking twists of of this whole story, I still think the most shocking thing is that Marty would ever want to be with Simon at the party. <laughs> I right. just fundamentally, yeah. I just every part of that just doesn't. My brain doesn't compute. Why, uh, why a young Marty would be like here? This older gentleman in a sea of hot young, uh, probably Harvard-educated yeah, legacy hedge fund dudes. These are sci- hedge millionaire science. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, presumably the face had some friends, some you know, some associates, right. uh, and they could quote you some Whitman. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, you yeah. don't spend four years in Harvard Square without learning a little bit of Walty. Yeah, I gotta to say, this extends out. Christian for me. This issue extends to the four roommates, and I believe I brought this up several times in the pod. Like they're so thrilled to hang out with this guy again, a terminally ill older <laughs> man, and that just wasn't my college experience. You know, I just <laughs> it didn't. It never dawned on me to be like, "Huh, hey, what about that old guy over there? Like, let's go bring him to the party." That was your um, mistake, quite frankly. Yeah, uh, obviously. We- yeah, obviously, <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah, if I, I mean, learned anything Claudia, from this yeah. film, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's open, fun. Open your he's heart. A fun, to a he's fun, a fun guy. Fun bum, a fun mm. bum. Yeah, um, yeah. It makes you really look at Boz as sort of maybe the smart one because maybe he saw this coming. <laughs> I mean, how many times before this had they welcomed a homeless person into their home, like an older? Per- I mean, I, I wonder how many times this has happened to them. Yeah, in the years at Harvard. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite. Uh, you know, getting back to the the 
criminal uh, element uh, aspect of all this is the wham your point about how <laughs> it's not a great idea to just bring a person into your home to, to let no. them die zero yeah. <laughs> percent and like was, what kind yeah. of questions are going to get asked after that i was pretty proud of myself <laughs> listening to the podcast i'm like what? they're like oh, yeah. yeah trust me he just died up there yeah. <laughs> we were just reading no we no he's, to him. He's, he's he said he didn't like hospitals we gave him a promise Goodbye. no hospitals sorry <laughs> we couldn't break it this is what he wanted uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, like what's the is. what's the call? What's the nine? I mean, you're calling nine one one, right? Or what do you do? You call just a funeral? Like I've actually uh, never experienced that part of life. So if someone peacefully dies in your home, do you call the police or emergency services, or do you call like a funeral home? And if you call the funeral home, don't they go like, okay, so uh, <laughs> yeah, like we need to get leaves this, of grass? I get a little bit of paperwork like, squared away <laughs> first before we just right. show up. Yeah, I just yeah wanna, so we got you know, a dead one, body here. One thing's kind of sticking. What thing? In terms of what we should do with it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> track that when they go to the funeral, there's no one around. Like you were wondering, why is no one around? Well, they're just trying to. Yeah, this is quietly did they take dig care that, of a problem. Did they dig that grave themselves? <laughs> yeah, that is the question. <laughs> quietly. Like it was like a, like a Mr. Wolf. Oh, I know why call. they could afford uh, an yeah. expensive uh, funeral plot. Because guess did what? It. They just, <laughs> they went, just went and did it. They found you a blank spot. The hole, you can afford it, you know? Yeah. Simon, Simon dug the hole with his boss. <laughs> this is giant. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-death. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he placed one of his bones. One of his oh bones god. in there. Do we? Are we going through pot like highlight? Because we listen. I want everyone to know. I listen to the podcast. Oh yeah. Okay. Like un- unashamedly, like I will tell my wife and children to be quiet so I can hear myself <laughs> talking on this podcast. I'm just about to make a great point. <laughs> and I was also was you know the other thing that impressed me was the dog, the dog. Like the that dog angle. Oh my god! The, the way that just like moment. organically, when how that organically You're came not together. A dog. You're not a dog, and then all the pieces just dog. fell into place. Fucking yeah, usual suspect style. The coffee mug shattered on the gr- on the on the ground, and I realized he was a dog all along. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. The, yeah. Um, I, back to the murder for a moment here. Like this guy, presumably, he, when was the murder? Attempted Are we talking murder. about the attempted murder? Yeah, okay. So yeah, it's, I'm the, attempted, yeah, the attempted murder. He survived and honestly May, is doing what, great. He's, what was the date of, That's what I wanted to say. May 20th, like, 2000. Yeah. So he goes on to be an avatar after he loses his eye. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, and he's recovered driving. from he's, four shit. Like, he's apparently, a tough guy. Yeah, never, never been better after that. Shot in the chest, the neck, the left hip, and the right eye. Here's bullet one. To be honest with you, when a bullet hits you, uh, you don't really know that it hits you. It's not like you see in the movies. And as I slipped to the side and it hit me center mass, it went right in front of my chest, passed by my heart, and is now stuck in my rib cage right here, and it's still there. Then bullet two. So I, I looked down, I looked back up, and here came another one, and I slipped my head to the side. And when that happened, the bullet hit me here in the neck and went straight out my back. Bullet number three. Then I realized, okay, this is for real. So I went to close the door and he shot center mass at me. And when he did, I was turned sideways and he hit me here in the hip and it went straight out my back and past my hip. That one hurt. You know, that one hit my bone. If that sounds gruesome, then hang on for what's next. I fell back behind my door 
to the ground, and then he walked in and put the gun to my head. And when the gun was placed to my head, the first thing I did was when I saw him squeeze the trigger, I flinched just like this, like a fighter would. And as I did this, the bullet hit me here in the eye, went straight through my eye and came out my ear and got stuck in the wall behind my head. Those are some pretty good reflexes. Yeah. I mean, but if it was the Matrix, it wasn't good. You know, that's like Keanu going back and the bullet actually hitting him. So as much as I moved, I still got hit. Somehow, the bullet that went through Garrett's head missed his brain. You know when they tell you your life passes before your eyes? It doesn't pass before your eyes. You run through it. You think about everything that happened in your life, and you wonder, did I do anything wrong, and did I not make up for it? Am I ready to die? At the time of the shooting, Garrett's mother was at his home helping with baby Kyla. Garrett's mother ran to see what was happening, and the gunman took two shots at her. But he missed. And then, out of bullets, he fled. I looked at her, and I said, you know, I love you, Mom. I'll see you on the other side. My mom said to me, don't you die. <laughs> I was shocked. That hit me harder than the bullets. My mom never swore. And here she was, she shook me, and she says, don't you die. You've been a fighter all your life. Fight one more time for me. And I looked at her and I said, all right, you got it. I'm not going to go. I'll stay. God damn. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, he's a totally successful stuntman. And honestly, I uh, it's an incredible, an it's an incredible story. I think uh, the, the update is I believe Claudia is now out of jail. My understanding yep. is yeah, she, she was released, released in, in 2019. August 2019. Yeah, yeah. Which seems, you know, not that I'm a lawyer, but it seems like odd. You know, so to, I'm not going to lie. To, you know, allegedly, I don't know. I don't know. What she the word she pleaded no contest to two counts of attempted murder and a principal firearm charge for the attempted murder of Warren and in April 2012 was sentenced to 12 years, four months in prison. On the eve of trial, Claudia Harrow decided not to fight the charges. She pleaded no contest to two counts of attempted murder. She received a sentence of 12 years and four months. She's unlikely to serve all of it. Claudia's friend, Julie. The deal she was offered, she'll be out in eight years and she gets to see her daughter grow up. And that's why she took it. And at her sentencing, Joe Pesci showed up to support his ex-wife. As for the others, Miguel Quiroz and Manny Harrow took plea deals. Quiroz got a three-year suspended sentence in return for his cooperation. Harrow was sentenced to life in prison, but will be eligible for parole. The hired gunman, Jorge Hernandez, was tried and convicted on charges of attempted murder and conspiracy. He's serving a sentence of 77 years to life. She served her sentence at the California Institute for Women in Corona, California, and released in August 2019. Yeah. Hmm. The, uh, the X-Men movies? Iron Man 2? Spider-Man 2? Lincoln? No! No! This guy's a he taught, he's taught Jessica Alba, Jada Pinkett Smith, John Travolta, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Wow. Worked um, with the best. Worked with the I'm best. I'm not going to lie. He was on another. I feel like we could get this guy. He was just on a podcast on September 7th, 2022. Oh, they released shit. an episode Ooh. of Good Story with an interview from him. So check check that out, folks. Friends of the pod over there at Good Story. Wow. Okay. And maybe we give heard, old Garrett a call. Dream I guest. I heard an interview he did. Like 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 not long after the the trial, and he sounded remarkably at peace. You know, Garrett, how, if at all, did this change your life? 
Uh, you know, it, it's. I'll be honest with you, Nancy. That's a great question, and it's the biggest part of me um, that I try to uh, uh, bring about out of the whole thing is the fact that after that happens, you know, when you sit on the ground and you you are dying and you have time to think about it. Let me put it that way: everything bad that you've done in your life comes back up. So I learned to have a lot of forgiveness. <laughs> a lot of I've forgiven anybody and everything that has ever happened to me, or or that will happen to me, because. You know, this world's not worth it. And honestly, when the day comes and I have to be judged, I certainly hope that I'm forgiven. I don't know if he's like a religious person or what, but he was saying like, you know, we all have like demons and issues and I Mm. don't judge anyone because I know I've made mistakes in my life. I was like... Wow. Jeez, now, this is like did, a hell of a perspective for someone who was shot I do, times point blank. I do want to say there's a little bit of uh, counter evidence there, and that is a tweet that he made on June 25th of 2022. Hmm, fly my family of eight on American Air or JetBlue? Definitely JetBlue. Any airline is better than American. So he, <laughs> he, he I like he'll forgive like, you. No, I don't. Uh, I don't he'll forgive you. Wow. Shooting like attempted murder. He's like, oh, you know, water and <laughs> you live and live and let live. You know, yeah. Yeah. but uh, American Airlines. He does know how to hold across the, grudge, the line. It turns yeah, out. Let's let's uh, let's be a little bit better stewards of our uh, air service here, guys. Th- then his Twitter feed is actually filled with really delightful, like behind the scenes water tank stuff for Avatar 2 and he this is another great tweet from January 29th of Avatar second unit hoodie I designed and gave to my crew wow so it's a really nice hoodie that he clearly bought like a you know 20 hoodies for his stunt crew on Avatar 2 that's nice that's now, a nice touch I I personally feel like you know we're now living through the age of just like franchises where like old properties are brought back mm-hmm. I I really do believe that like i wish there was like a real palpable desire for more with honors like oh there is yeah. it's out yeah. there we have we, like, we have awakened a beast if, if, yeah. if our, yeah, there is there's a community it's yeah all, yeah we've this seen cast some is things alive. Yeah. this cast yeah. is all very much right. alive they're all very available they're to work mm-hmm. and yeah. like honestly i Claudia Harrow is out of prison. Claudia, she's out of prison. <laughs> Marty can reprise just, her role. Let's run it we back, We just saw folks. Joe Pesci tear it up in The Irish Man. Yep. 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 So he's back as he will. He will be great. Ghost. Yeah, as an actual ghost <laughs> in the library. Yep. Uh-huh. We spent we spent a little time noodling on this, and you know where. I mean, do we want to get into where? Yeah. Where are these kids now? Like, I mean, I think I'll start think, with yeah. Yeah. Go go for it. I mean, yeah. where do you think these people are? We all older? agreed. We had talked on the side here. We all agreed that Everett probably died at Woodstock 99. Big time. <laughs> Big time. Like, terrible accident at Woodstock 99. Yeah, unfortunately, he's not going to make the sequel, folks. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if it was, you know, bad bad drugs or, uh, you know, overly zealous moshing or, you know, a porta potty mishap. Yeah. But he's gone. He's gone. Sadly, well, he's gone. Honestly, yep. that could be the inciting factor for why they're all getting together. They're like, hey, remember that guy mm. Everett? Remember the yeah. mad dog and the silk? And they're like, who is he? <laughs> you know, Everett. We used to live with him. Oh, he had the chicken. He was yeah. able to get that Woodstock. He had the car. This is the twist. This is the twist in that film. Is that like uh, like in, what was that? In City Slickers 2? Like, Everett. oh, we're at Everett's funeral. And then the Boz shows up. And it's like literally Everett. 
but they were like twins, Ooh. you know. It's oh, like, a, oh, nice we twist. didn't tell you that Everett's brother twist. was the boss and they yeah. were twins. And then, but they have like the exact same. That was a brilliant City Slickers too. That was amazing. I gotta yeah. rewatch that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, Jack Curley, his brother. Well, ooh, did you say I gotta rewatch that one? Yeah, City Slickers <laughs> oh. too. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's what's going on with Jeff? Where is Jeff nowadays? He's an OBGYN, right? Yeah. Is that problematic yeah. or what? Very bad. Yeah, Not I feel I feel like he's undergoing good. like criminal investigations. He has that vibe throughout the whole movie. He's, he's divorced. Not particularly definitely divorced. Not doing he's not doesn't seem very particularly good with people, women. Like, no, no, very bad part person. Of, Jeff does not seem like somebody Very who should be bad. an OBGYN. Yeah. Um, no. And I think, like, no. he's, like, having a mid, uh, midlife crisis, I guess. So probably late, uh, he's in his 50s by this point, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also feel like he got into some sort of, like, black market doctoring. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's, if, he it's, lost, yeah. if he lost his license, that wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, at that, a that, certain point, he was, like, doing, like, risky procedures and, like, For sure. The, the yeah. pressures of the job, like, right, got to exactly. him. And in order exactly. to, like, keep up appearances and, and, and make money, keep you know, pace with yeah. his with his peers and his, and his colleagues, you know, right. that, he, that he feels such incredible, you know, like, a competition with. Um, like, yeah, he's, he, like, he, doing, he, like... He resorted to some very unsavory... stuff. Yeah, st- right. yeah, things to, to, like, to get lip, that extra leg like, up. Lip filler that's like unregulated. <laughs> he's for he's for I sure like peddling almost, PEDs. Like yeah, no question almost, about I think that. Now in like medical sales or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, he's done like right. a hard pivot. Yeah, he's a like, doctor and more. Yeah. he always wanted to be a doctor. He did some very unethical things that he can't talk about anymore. Mm-hmm. And right. for the last fifteen years, he's been in sales. Yeah, he's I mean, he's yeah. like a he's like a spokesman for like yeah, bit like some like op- opiate yeah. like yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like yeah. he, he probably is like living in a big house, but you just know he's miserable. It's like, real, he, but it's also renting. like leverage. And he's renting. Too. No, yeah. it's leverage. <laughs> like he does not own it. Like several banks, like he, like other he's people, swimming like, in love. debt. Yes, like, like, absolutely not underwater. Just, like, regular debt, but yeah. like yeah. criminal debt. That's why. Yes, that's why all this stuff like, he has to do. Took out a reverse mortgage. No, like he owes like people. No, he has like repo men like hunting him. <laughs> that like people, like literal like people, like you know, like yeah. he, like a guy that he took people money knocking from. Knocking at his door. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. I, yeah. Not I think good. the opening shot of With Honors Two for me is like it's the exterior of the house. He's sitting in a very nice like Mercedes. Oh you god. Don't, you don't hear what's going, going on, but he's just holding the wheel and just screaming. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Shot. Right. Shot from outside right. of the shot car. From outside. You yeah. know his life is falling apart, and you're just like, whoa. He's twisting. Yeah, absolutely. Like Far- Fargo style. Barely holding on to yeah, the branch. Straight out of like Magnolia. Isn't that like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, a lot of films. Um, great films. Oh, uh, shit. What's his name? So the, Courtney the actor. And, He's done that in like 10 different films. Um, yeah, Cor- are Courtney yeah. and Monty married? I, Mage Macy? God, Macy, I like yes, think. yes, yes. God, you don't God, think they're no. married? I think God, they're married. Really? No. I think they're married, but Courtney's mm. like... Courtney's Monty like, and Courtney? Yeah, but Courtney's like no. forced it to be open against Monty's will. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like yes. he's not—he's not comfortable okay. with it. But he's like, well, it's the only way I could be with her. Yeah, Courtney's like, it's just sex, honey. It doesn't mean anything. I don't love these men. Yeah, and, you know. And my, he's like, Monty's you're like, my oh, wife. I guess I have to. <laughs> and she's like, babe, come in on. In order to like, get don't over be it. so uptight. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I only really love you. 
So yeah, she's um, definitely like poly. She's in like a polycule, right. and Monty is like googling terms, doing it, trying yeah. to like figure out like what to refer to her as because right. he's, uh, <laughs> and he's like very confused and frightened all the time. Yeah, and like they have kids, but like it's clear like not all of them are Monty's. Oh yeah, <laughs> like you're like look, just by looking, you're like, hmm, that's yeah. that's interesting. This kid, and yet he feels Nordic. like a fatherly obligation toward all oh, of them. Oh, he's he's a great, by the way, he's an incredible. Father. He overcompensates, like, like amazing. Just absolutely no, there's no question. Them, lavishes them with gifts. That's all why the time. he's still there because he's yeah. deter- he's like he's determined to right the wrong of his own child. If one of them like coughs, he like sweeps he's them away like, into his bed get, yeah, and right. like starts like reading to them and like praying over no. them. No, I feel no, like all of that would push his kids away. Like he'd be like trying to read Walt Whitman to them, and they're like, "Like Dick Dad," and he's just like, "I think I some Whitman to you." Maybe the first shot of the film is like a cold day, and he's like forcing his kids to visit Simon's grave. Uh, Like, Dad, why are we visiting your old dog's grave? We don't want to go here. We weren't even related uh, to this guy. But I think they're married. I think they live like Chris was saying, DC. Monty's at a think tank. Like not not a very yeah. successful policy think tank. Like obviously I, he went all in on interactive cable and it did not work out. No, he like career wise. He was, he was he right. Like worked on. He volunteered for McCain's campaign. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> it didn't work out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean Monty was right about the interactive cable, but it like all went to shit, and he like is now living in a, a nightmare of his own creation, and he knows that he's not living up to Pitt Cannon's. Uh, I, the, the thing yeah. when, I, when I rewatch this film, by the way, I uh, multiple times when I rewatch it, <laughs> I feel like Monty's relationship with Buchanan is way closer than Buchanan's relationship to Monty. Like I feel like he's oh, an yeah. amazing well, that's mentor. How it works. Yeah, he's like sure. you're such an amazing mentor, sir, and like. Gore Vidal is like barely like, paying you attention. Are, yeah. Gore is <laughs> getting high. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that nasal spray, which He's we like, forgot to mention the first time. <laughs> yeah, that nasal spray is definitely. Like, he is. Yeah, there's there's something in there that is uh, more than just. Uh, well, that brings you know, up saline my saline solution. My yeah. actual real first shot was they are. It's Buchanan's funeral, mm. and then yeah, I think and that's then a I choice. was saying that Buchanan's <laughs> brother was Joe Pesci. And he comes to the funeral. <laughs> Wait, without Pecanin explanation. Yeah. and Pesci were brothers. Yes, correct. Holy shit! But wait, are we saying that? No, I'm saying there was. A, it's the same curly trick. It's another brother. You know, so that's like, a twin. It's not out. actually Simon coming back. Yes, exactly. it's Simon's twin, who's also yeah, yeah. related to Pit Cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they like go to the funeral, and then then they get stuck in New England. It's winter time. Obviously, they go to Pit Cannon's funeral. Reunited, and they, uh, Simon, the new Simon, his Pickhannon's brother, mm-hmm. like asked to stay in their cabin. <laughs> it's oh, cold. Man. There's a van outside. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's maybe there's another rooster. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I like the idea of Boz being Everett. Like, <laughs> just, I like the idea of just bringing back the characters. Yeah, Boz. Like, but also back. doing the work of having had them die. <laughs> but then having to come with, up with a way to bring them back. Yeah. They're like proposing that they use that Curly's trick twice. twice. <laughs> yes. It's a double Curly. A double yeah. Curly. Yeah. A double well, to honor, too. to honor the spirit of Claudia Harrow, you know, you can't give up, allegedly. You can't no. give up after one. Yep. You got to try. Keep going. Yeah. Finish that like, job. Finish that so. job. Finish yeah. the job. What about yeah, the face? Yeah, I think Pitkin's about- funeral is a good starting point for with honors too. Yeah, definitely. What about the face, guys? Where's the face today? Oh, the face. Yeah, like, w- 
he was like a like he was like in right said Fred or something. Like he, <laughs> also, you know, like, wait, I need to. I think the face is basically the the Winklevoss twins, right? Mm-hmm. Like from the social. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I goes, picture it more he like an EDM. Like he has a successful EDM career. Really? You don't think he's like a crypto guy? I think uh, he's, he's a, right. I feel like he's too young. Pure NFT. He's like on it. But he's old. By the time he gets making money, he he would have had to do EDM before he did crypto. That's all I'm saying. Mm. You know, crypto. Oh, he's he's sure. like sixty by the time crypto gets. You know. But Christian, are you saying um, the face is making huge money in crypto? I oh, think he, he made a lot huge, of money. Huge yeah. money. Yeah. It's yeah. like you know, face he's rich. co. It's yeah. Face co. And it's like yep. a nod to his past. Yep. The, the oh, face, face is going. definitely like the richest and, and, has, and like, happiest whole, out of all of them. Yes. He has a whole crypto like firm. People work for Face him. Coin. It's Face branded. Coin. Yeah, big time. And Courtney, mm-hmm. like you know, Monty realizes one night, like he goes to like use their shared computer. Oh no! Uh, oh. <laughs> no, Monty. And Mon- like she's Monty's like, that she's why like, did you just honey, friend request? Yeah. Oh god. Why, why are you just friend at request? Hey, at hey honey. Um, <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> Did you why, just friend request a face? At the face. What's he yeah. been up to? Huh? Yeah, uh, no, oh, don't, don't worry think, about it. No, yeah. You've got mail. That wasn't me, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. it was, Courtney. Don't worry about it, Monty. I just wanted to know what he's up to. Like, yeah, but I, I fundamentally believe that Monty... I feel like all his characters are probably disillusioned and unhappy. Except for Everett, who died at Woodstock 99. Who died, doing what he loved. <laughs> his died at the peak of his powers. Doing yeah, what he, he was, loved and... You know, yeah. Just in living life. Now we've um, we've overlooked a very pivotal character here, and that is Simon's son. Hmm. Is he is he like clerking Supreme Court track? Not me. He's a lawyer. Like, what is he? Is he? I'll say this. I think a yeah. Judge think at this he, point. Like, I think there's political ambitions. I think he, yeah, I, honestly, like, definitely. I would say like this is a man who becomes the governor of the state of Texas, and he uh. is and he is fully about the death penalty. That's big. <laughs> That's big. That's his big yeah. thing. That's yeah. his big thing. And his like, website, like the main pitch of his website is that he didn't have a father. Right. And he, and he had and like, to you won't overcome the odds. <laughs> like, he's going to... He never knew his father, and that's like a wild lie, and Monty knows it. <laughs> oh, he, he man. Did. You know you met your father. You just didn't want to talk to him. And they ha- they're they probably in the same circles, right? Monty in politics, him in politics, you know. Yeah. Like, they're forced in. He may be, Monty may even be doing, like, policy work for this guy. Right. Yeah. You know? I, I think the other thing I, I realized when, when I was listening to the podcast, and, you know, this is... Uh, something that I don't know if you addressed, but I feel like it's something that should be addressed is that um, Simon, the entire movie has a rope belt. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is insane. Like, well, he practical. Has, practical. And I'll take it a step further. Well, is it a base? On his lower torso, he basically just wears a sack and he, and <laughs> correct, he ties it with a piece of rope. Yes. So yeah, he's sure. basically wearing a potato sack sure. tied yes. with rope. Yeah. Right, right. I'm surprised like, he didn't it, have like a bindle. Yeah, like the hubbub bindle. Which, you know? just to be clear, also like is the way um, an elementary like school production of whatever would that's cost how you like, put a, a homeless bum. Yeah, you know? like, they well, have you're to have forgetting a rope. it plays into his character. He was a merchant marine. He knows knots. He can tie a rope around his mm. midsection, a nice little square knot. Yeah, it's uh, called a line, and not a rope. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah goes to his maritime heritage. Stepping from a boat. He's There's never a scene in which his pants fall onto his ankles and a slide whistle goes, which is like an old bum <laughs> trick. You know? Oh, that's like huge. an old bum trick where his pants slide that's down. Huge. 
<laughs> I'm surprised yeah. they didn't have him take a pie off a windowsill. Mm-hmm. Honestly, at one point, his depiction like, it's of too a hot yeah. is a pie stealing 1920s, like drifting it's an bindle. Bum. It's an older old, bindle, yeah. which I don't think that existed in 1994. Like, yeah, this is a very strange interpretation of. Oh the God. Well, he was one of the last to of get his in his head. Now. Like, what did he research to come up with that voice? Like, oh, um, I was trying to. That's like his normal voice, right? Like I mean, voice. there's a little no, sauce on that. Yeah. yeah, we've we've established across eight hours and <laughs> prior to this that there's some pesci pepper on. Yeah, on there's definitely some pepper on there. Correct. Um, I I don't know. I I think there are times where I really do fundamentally believe this is Pesci's craziest performance, which is really saying a lot for a guy who's known for like screaming in, in yeah. like obscenities in films. Yeah. Like, yeah. somehow this is like his most like I'm going for it. It's the most but manic and like unpredictable kind of. I did not. I looked up whether he got nominated for an Oscar because this feels like this would have been like mm, it's possible. Pesci. It's very possible. Like you've never seen him before. It's very yeah. possible. For your it's, consideration. It was kind of like in the, in the early 2000s, if you like got ugly and gained weight for a role, you got nominated for an Oscar. In mm-hmm. the 90s, the trope was if you did a movie that took place in a school, you got mm-hmm. nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Like this That was, was like, if you were in a school, Dangerous Minds, Good Will mm-hmm. Hunting. Yeah. Like it was definitely like, in a school... Probably going to get a little nomination for an Oscar. Yeah, school dramas um, were huge. Um, while, while we're thinking about just the, the costume here for a second, I want to point out, do you guys know the uh, the Snoopy? Like, can, can you imagine Snoopy with the scarf and the, the pilot's cap? Sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Baron. The, the, great, Baron. the, red, the red Baron. Yeah. The Red Baron. Yeah. I think there is a little bit of that happening here, too, with Pesci <laughs> and his cap that he wears wh- sure. which had ear flaps and he had that gray scarf that mm. he wrapped around the neck he oh. had the potato sack pants and the rope i do think maybe there is a little something happening there snoopy too. wise okay mm. yeah. a little peanuts influence yeah. yeah he takes inspiration from all over you know you know as we're talking That's i can great feel the does. feel the talk about with honors kind of winding down and it's sad to me because I think we have one more surprise, but I I don't want this to be the last time they were talking about with honors. No, I mean, it's not going to be. No, I mean, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that, Wham. Folks, you did, you did ask like kind of how this came into my uh, my orbit. Oh yeah, wait. Let's get into let's get into your origin story here now, a little I, bit, Christian. I don't know. I really do remember watching this as a kid and being even as a kid, I was like inexplicably like that movie is so good. Like it's so good. <laughs> like, wow. I was like a little kid. I was you like, loved ah. it. I loved it. Like I was. Wow. There's no reason. 1994. That would make me nine years old. There's absolutely no reason I should have seen this film. I don't know. This required me at that point, 1994, to go to a video store. There were lots of other options. This is around. I think Jurassic Park is coming out or like two years later. 94 yeah. to so like Ace Ventura. Yeah, we're talking. Alone, we're talking right? speed. Like, yeah. At this yeah. point in your childhood, you've seen Home Alone. You know who Joe Pishy is. He's that yeah. funny guy from the movie. Yeah. And you've and now you're renting. Renting with honors. it, and I go home and I watch it, and like, you know, I probably don't realize, but I'm like touched by this film. Like, it's probably oh. my introduction at that point to like living in a suburban life of like. 
this is what it must be like to be a bum. And also this is yeah. homelessness. And also like this is what it is to be in college. And it definitely mm-hmm. I still think that's what college should be like. Yeah. Right. No, we talked about We've this talked about this. this. Yeah. This is like up to it. it this was like a formative, formative yeah. idea of like what college was, even down to like the weather. Yeah. Like for me always cool. All colleges were in the northeast with snow. You had to have a big heavy jacket and it was cold. Mm-hmm. Like sharing a big old house with your friends. Yeah, you a big, old, a big old dirty house. One of your, your like friends has like a weird pe- like unconventional pet. Like every, it's yeah. just yeah. like a lot of like weirdos like kind one of just all like, jumbled together. One guy's kind of like already slipping into like the darker side of medicine. Like he's like sort of doing like side filler jobs mm-hmm. even before he's in medical school. <laughs> yeah, I mean this but like I really I I think that this is a movie that I don't know. I I feel like more people should be talking about with honors in 2023. And well, I'm very they glad. are now. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you've brought yeah. it back into the the social consciousness because this is a film that I really just no one talks about it and everyone should talk about it. Yeah, like I, when I hear school ties. I hear people talk about school ties how much they love right. it. I hear I hear, you know, what are their like college kind of you know, scent of a woman has a PCU. PCU with Jeremy Pivot. Old school. I mean Good, not really. Goodwill but, hunting, yeah. obviously your white whale on this program. Uh, uh, yes. What a film. Like so the obviously uh, there it is are, a prequel. This is a genre in which it's like kind of New England elite college and the life that you want to it's a conformative tale. And uh, yeah, I just think it doesn't get the attention it deserves. Uh, certainly, with a Madonna banger in this album, <laughs> written mm-hmm. for the film, right? She wrote it for the film. Yep. Correct. That's correct. Yeah, we were trying to figure out the backstory of like if the song's actually about an encounter that she had with uh, an unhoused person, but that is, is sort of unclear. Um, but along with Madonna, can we can we give a, a brief shout out here, Chris Christian, to the. Uh, the smooth electric bass score uh, of this film. What a yeah. what a poignant, uh, just evocative, and it like the times they drop it in just ever so tastefully. Like the first time, I think the very first time you hear it is like when they like enter the library for the first time together. There are eighty eight pages in that thesis. There are eighty three pages. Ow. Looks like I found a way to live through it and went to Harvard. Um, and it, and it just like it just sets the the tone and the emotion like so so perfectly. Yeah, it's not flashy. I don't actually think it's even included on the soundtrack. Like I was, I all I want to hear from that film soundtrack was probably the bass line, and I went to go listen to it. Nowhere to be found. Ah. Uh, it is only. Do we know who com- who is the composer of that? Oh, it's probably out there, but I spent my entire day looking up Claudia Harrow's situation. I left no time. I think I mentioned the composer in the first one. Patrick Leonard. Yeah. Music by Patrick Leonard. But yeah, very simple bass line. It's a very 90s sound that I got. Yeah, that, like, it's just called, like, electric bass, right? That, like, kind of, like... I think it's a synth pad. I think it's... Yeah. I think it's a key, I'll Cause it's not like the funky bass that we think of. It's like it's like that like softer like fuzzier kind of like. At all. No, it's clearly no. definitely <laughs> funky. Uh, it's like the podcast, whitest bass. This podcast just became a guitar center. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is 
what it sounds like <laughs> when your guitar center is just a bunch of guys being like, no, it's a synth pad. Mm, I don't know about that. Oh, it's a synth pad, yeah. Fun fact um, Patrick Leonard, also a composer yeah, known for, for Who's That Girl? Um, a 1987 Madonna film. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, several Madonna music videos composed. Like Leonard Kashishian and Madonna are like tight. Like they were working yep. together. Yeah. But this also, guy was apparently uh, part of the package. package I'm too. combing. I'm combing the credits here at the end of the movie. And uh, fudge? did you guys realize the? Uh, oh, <laughs> are we gonna talk? Are we gonna mention Fudge again? <laughs> no. Did you guys realize the script supervisor's name is Julie Pete Cannon? Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, it's a fun little Easter egg. Here's a little clue as to whether or not this was a uh, synth pad. Is that uh, Mr. Patrick Leonard was uh, Madonna's musical director and keyboardist mm. during her Virgin tour in 1985. So, okay, make up your own mind. So, can <laughs> we can we? Um, give some sort of like meaning like how would you describe the way the bass is used in the film because it seems to have like a significant thing that's it's trying to accomplish in the storytelling is it it's like it seems to be like employed when they want to have some sort of like poignant moment happening mm-hmm. right? i don't know ben like you you edit film like how how is this how is the music used there yeah it's when the the, the movie is like kind of taking a little pause from from the action and giving you a moment to reflect a little bit and kind of slow down and and just kind of like bask and it, to me it, it like it always like slowed things down you know it was always like oh man this is like yeah, it's like ponderous. This is, this is some real shit, you know. Like, yeah. it's very ponderous and very ponderous. like it it's makes achieved. me want to gaze out of a window yeah. in in longing and yearning. Uh, it's really. achieved by doing um, like you know a lot of uh, like down I- intervals that resolve downwards. Mm-hmm. Like, do down. Yeah, like, it's like yeah. it makes you yeah. like turn your head and wonder. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh. Yeah, so. it really it just makes you think, like pause and reflect and. Leonard was kind of a master, you know, in many yeah, ways. He definitely was a modern genius. How do I say goodbye to what we have? All right, anything else? I just want to say that, folks, there's more. Yeah, okay? we have worry. something. <laughs> We have something, and it's heating on the stove, yeah. okay? If we're not is, done. If this were a Twitter thread, it would be eight slash question mark. Right. Infi- yeah. Like, I just, there's a specific thing that we are going to do, and we are going to try our best to get more with Honors content. Yeah. We know that so, you need it. We know. Do not, do not unsub because you think we're going bas- to basketball. Yeah. We'll talk hoops. But we're gonna Don't worry. There's up. a lot. Of, there's a lot of important yeah. hoop news that we're gonna hit soon. But we're also gonna be covering everything news with honors. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, it's been an honor to even uh, play a small part. I felt it was very important when I heard the podcast episode where you dropped it in the middle of the episode, but didn't provide any context. I was like, this will not stand. I have to somehow. <laughs> 
I have to somehow wriggle my way yes. into it. And basically, we're sending multiple audition tapes. Yep. That was amazing. Uh, unsolicited audition tapes to get on the pod. Women. Ain't they perfect, Papa? Don't matter if they're skinny, fat, blonde, or blue. If a woman is willing to give you a love, Harvard it's the greatest gift in the world. Makes you taller, makes you smarter, makes you tea shine. Boy, oh, boy, oh, women are perfect. I made myself a Joe Pesci and emoji. And uh, it's an honor to be here, and I look forward to in 15 years when this is dug up and uh, yeah. ruins whatever career I'm doing being <laughs> like he said all these things about Joe Pesci and none of it was true oh my god you think you can get away with that just saying allegedly yeah you're gonna They'll get cancelled for spreading misinformation uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll get cancelled in 15 years but it was an honor yeah, uh, yeah you know right. Christian Christian was sending like audition tapes of like his like line recitations along with um, actual with honors fan fiction um, right. Which I, I have to shout out because um, you know we can't let this uh, episode end quite yet. No. But I'm just gonna read this one, one of these. Um, like it, it, this came in at like 8:43 p.m. on like a Tuesday, just like totally like <laughs> you know apropos of nothing. Christian just texts on the group thread. I like to believe the face in Courtney's party fight semi involves Simon living in the house. Oh yeah. Like Courtney casually mentions that she was petting the bum's hair, and the face was like. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's weird. You pet his hair? Why? Of course, we're referring to the... Wait, and, and she's like, yeah, his head was in my lap. And the face was like, the hobo's head was in your lap? And she was like, he has a name. He's not just some faceless hobo. His name is Simon. And the face is like, you fucking this guy? <laughs> Sorry. I can't even talk. Fuck. Uh, my voice is giving out. I've been talking about with honors for too long. <laughs> the face is like, you fucking this guy? To which Courtney, obviously, Gen X huffs and rolls her eyes in that way that we all know Courtney does. To which the face reiterates his accusation. You fucking this guy? Then she storms off and voila, Monty has a chance. Um, I really do. I mean, that, like, that, that is canon. That, that actually happened yeah, in the I movie. Mean, you know, it's Bully. all about tugging threads. Why was the face fighting with Courtney? Yeah. Right. You gotta believe that. It's so up. obvious. Yeah. It's so obvious. Yeah. It was the first time that the face and Simon had ever been in the same room because they were at the, at the party together. Right. So oh, he you like, brought him? Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, is that, is that the guy? Oh, oh he's kind of like what? older than you described yeah. and kind of, yeah. I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know the face like nudge Courtney's like, can you believe somebody brought that Bum to this party. Oh, yeah. Don't and call Courtney's him a bum. Like, he's a human being. I brought him. He's with yeah. me and yeah. Monty. And he's like, why did you bring a bum oh, to this man. party? And then, then that spirals into head in the lap. Oh, my God. Yep. Am I yeah. team face now? I mean, team Jeff, team face. Team face. I'm going to be coexisting peacefully here. Also, like, just to say, like, you know, it's funny that the whole movie is about, like, going beyond like just seeing something that's just like bum and meanwhile they hear like face oh yeah they've learned they've learned absolutely nothing yeah the one character that actually doesn't have a name is (laughs) the guy that Courtney's fucking yeah. All right, uh, guys. I'm gonna wrap this up. This was a lot of fun. (laughs) Christian, all right, Chris, whammy. Dad coming in, telling us to turn off the lights. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. This was great. Thank you, Christian, for taking the time. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, who knows what. 
Yeah. yeah. And I will say this exactly. is also not going to be uh, Christian's final appearance on the pod. We have a lot more oh, no. cousin Christian content. Turns out in the works. started with you. Yep. This was an emergency quorum, and we all knew it. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we spun this up quick, and I am happy to be here. Yeah. All right, yeah. Christian. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. This has been good. You can listen to Switch. 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 Switch